Let's uh, open our Bibles to Psalm 34, verse 8, if you would. Psalm 34, verse 8. And let's go look up a few verses here and let's see if we can establish a major Bible truth as it pertains to the character of God. A major Bible truth as it pertains to the character of God. Look here at Psalm 34, verse 8. The Bible says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? He's what? He's good. The Lord is what? He's good. Blessed is the man, or blessed is the woman, blessed is the person who trusts in him. But notice the Lord is what? He's good. Now look at Psalm 107, verse 1. Psalm 107, verse 1. says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? He is good, for his mercy endures forever. But notice again, what do we learn about God here? That he is what? He is good. God is good. Psalm 145, verse 9. Psalm 145, verse 9. Notice this. The Lord is now. Now the Lord is what? Good. Are you getting what I'm trying to get across to you? The Lord is what? Good. He's good. Now, does the Bible say he's good to just some people? A few people. He's good to who? All. To all. His tender mercies are over all his works. See, God is good. God is good. There's a saying I heard years ago, and it's, it's worth repeating. It's worth writing down. It's worth remembering. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Let's say that. Say, God is good all the time. Say, all the time, God is good. Let's say, do that again. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. How many of you glad God is good? Yeah, he's good. He's good all the time. And, and, and we just read here that the Lord is good. Now, who is he good to? He's good to everybody, isn't he? He's good to everybody. See, a lot of times we think that God is just good to certain people. But he's good. The Bible said he's good to all. I have in my notes here, God is even good to the bad. He's even good to the bad. Oh, when you can get a hold of that, boy, I tell you, you really see how good he is. He's not just good to good people, but he's good to bad people. He's good to all. Uh, Jesus said that God, the Father, makes, his, makes the Son rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Did you ever notice that? Yeah, maybe you have a scoundrel for a neighbor. But when it rains, it's not only raining on your grass, but it's also raining on their grass. Is that right? Is that, is that right? And so God is good. He's good to all. He's even good to the bad. He's, he's good to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Is that... <laughs> you ever heard, hear that? Good, bad, and the ugly? Does anybody remember who starred in that? That was uh, Clint Eastwood. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And God is good to the good. He's good to the bad. He's good to the ugly. He's even good to the pretty, pretty people and the, and the movie stars. Is that right? 
He's even good to Ginger Grant. You don't even know who she is. How many knows who Ginger Grant is? Gilligan's Island, the movie star. Is that right? How many know God's good to Jed Clampett? Is that right? Is, is that right? Yeah, he shot God. He was shooting at some food one day and up from the ground come a bubbling crude oil, that is, black gold, Texas tea. Is that right? Next thing you know, Jed's a millionaire. But be that as it may, God is good to Jed. Is that right? Good to Granny, Jethro, and, 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 and Ellie Mae. Is that right? Even good to Milburn Drysdale, the banker. Is that right? How many of you know, how many remembers that old scoundrel on It's a Wonderful Life? Mr. Potter. Now, God is good to Mr. Potter. Oh, but God wouldn't be good to Mr. Potter. Yeah, God's good to Mr. Potter. God's even good to Ebenezer Scrooge. Is that right? Oh, yeah, God's good. He's good. Say, God is good to everybody. Yeah, you, we need to understand about that. God is good to everybody. He's good to all. That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit wants me to get across to us today. Is that He's good. And a good God gives good gifts. Look at Matthew 7.11. Matthew 7.11. Jesus said, If you then being evil, speaking to mankind, speaking to humanity, if you then being natural or evil, carnal, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good, thing, good things? See, He'll give good things to those who ask Him. See, I don't know of any earthly father that would give something bad to their children. Well, how much more would God... Not give anything bad to us. A good natural father will give good things to his children. And God, how much more will he give good things to those who ask him? Notice James 1.17. James 1.17. James 1 verse 17 says, Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. Comes down from the Father of lights. Talking about from God the Heavenly Father. With whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. See, every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above, from God. God is a good God and He gives good things. And He's good to all. He's good to all. Notice in Acts 10.38, we can learn something about... You can learn so much about the character of the Heavenly Father... Through the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Is that right? So if you want to know the will of God the Father for all mankind, for all time, all you have to do is look at Jesus Christ. Look at his ministry. And you'll see the will of the Father for you and me. Notice Acts 10.38 says how God, that's God the Father, anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. You see the Trinity there, don't you? The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Notice, God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing what? He went, did he, he went about doing what? So he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God was with Jesus. Now, the devil is the bad one. Is that right? How many of you know it's, it's very simple? God is good and the devil is bad. 
I mean, there's some, there's some astounding theology right here in this, in, this, in this one verse of Scripture. You see the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You see God the Father anointing the Son, Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit. He goes about doing good and healing all those who are oppressed by the devil. See, the devil's the bad one. He's the one that will put sickness and disease on you. He's the one that, that, that seeks about to steal, to kill, and to destroy But Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, the Bible says. And Jesus went about... Now, did Jesus go about doing good or bad? He went about doing good. So Jesus is is the good one. The devil is the bad one. God is good. The devil is bad. Is that that pretty simple? God is good. The devil is bad. It's very simple. Now... Notice Romans 8.28. I want to read this in the NIV version, the New International Version. Romans 8.28. Notice this. And we know that in all things, God works for the what? For For the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. Now, think about this. God works... It says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. How many in here love him today? Well, no matter what's going on in your life, God is working so that that situation will turn out for the good. See, just in this, in this auditorium right here, there's many different people going through many different things. But no matter what you're going through, God is working on your behalf to see that that thing turns out for the good. You may be here today and the devil has attacked you in some way. He's put some things on you. Remember, God is good and the devil is bad. And perhaps the devil has attacked your body with sickness or disease or he's attacked you in some other way. And, 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 and you, you feel under pressure. See, the devil is the oppressor. And the root word of that op- oppress is pr- to press down under pressure. He'll put, did you know the devil will put you under pressure? The devil likes to see you sweat. You know he does. But in the midst of whatever you're going through, and all of us are going through different things... But we can know this one thing, that if we love God, we have scripture here that says that in all things, God works for the what? For the good. He's working on your behalf to turn what the devil has done, the evil that the devil has done, the bad that the devil has done to you. God's working to turn that around so that in the end, it all turns out good. Praise God forevermore. I'm so glad God is the way that he is. He's a good God. He's good. He's good all the time. Now, notice this and this this right here. Second Timothy two thirteen in the Amplified Bible. Second Timothy two thirteen. This is something you just when you when you get a hold of this about God. He is so good. He's good all the time. He doesn't change. He doesn't vary. There's no shadow of turning in him. We just read that. But notice God is good to us even when we've not been good to him. 
Oh, I tell you what, you get a hold of that. God is good to us even when we've not been good to him. Notice right here it says, if we are faithless, do not believe and are untrue to him. Notice, if you're being untrue to God, that you're not being good to him, are you? But even if we've been untrue to him, he remains true to us. Isn't that wonderful? That's something we need to understand about God. Now, we need to, to be good to God. We need to be true to God. We need to be faithful to God. But God is so good that even when we've been untrue to him, even when we've been unfaithful to him, he remains true and faithful to us. Oh, I tell you what. There's been some times in my life where I haven't been as true to God as I should have been. I haven't done some of the things that he's asked me to do. But he's always remained faithful and true to me. Because that's just who he is. You slap God upside on the cheek. Guess what he does? He'll turn to you the other also. Is that right? And he'll be good to you. He'll be good to you because he's good all the time. All the time. God is good. And even when we've not been good to him like we should. Even when we've not walked as faithful to him as we should. Even when when we've not obeyed him as we should. He's still good. And he's still good to us. He's good all the time to everybody. That's just who he is. Psalm 86 verse 5. Notice this. For you, Lord, Psalm 86 5, uh, New King James Version. For you, Lord, are what? Are, are what? You, Lord, are what? Are what? Good. Have we seen that before today? Are you getting what? What we're trying to get across, God's good, isn't he? For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. Abundant mercy to all, to, to, all, to, to some or to all? To all those who call upon you. He's good and he's ready. He's quick and he's ready to forgive. And abundant mercy to all. Those who call upon him. That makes me think, whenever I read that verse, that makes me think. You could think of several people in the Bible. But look, it says here that he's good. He's ready. He's quick and he's ready. He's eager to forgive. We need to know that about our Heavenly Father. We need to know that about God. That he's quick. He's ready to forgive. He's good. He's abundant in mercy. And when I read that scripture, there's so many different people you could, you could think about. But I think the one that stands for me at the top of the list is this fellow that you don't hear much about, but King Manasseh in the Old Testament. He was the 14th king of Judah. He was the son of Hezekiah. Remember when Hezekiah was near death? How many remember that? And Isaiah, the prophet, went over and said, set your house in order. You're going to die. Remember that? And Hezekiah turned and he repented and, and God gave him 15 more years. See, there's the goodness of God. And anyway, 
Hezekiah had, had a son named Manasseh. And in the process of time, when Hezekiah passed off the scene and died, Manasseh became king in his place. Now, Hezekiah was a good king, but Manasseh was a very evil king. Now, he reigned longer than any other Israelite king, 55 years, but he was by far the most wicked. He did evil, the Bible says, in the sight of the Lord. He rebuilt illicit sexual and religious shrines, which Hezekiah, his father, had broken down. Manasseh raised up altars to false gods. He made wooden idols. He worshipped and served cosmic powers. He followed and was led by astrology and horoscopes. He set an illicit sexual carved idol up in the house of God. Think about that. When you walk in the front doors, there was an illicit sexual idol setting. Think about that in the house of God. He also built astrologic altars in the house of the Lord. Think about walking in the front doors this morning and we've got horoscope tables set up. Think about how, how, how horrible that would be and insulting to God that would be. And, and, and people out there that will read your fortune and have tarot cards and things like that. How evil would that be? How insulting would that be to the Lord? But that's what this king did. He burned his sons to death in sacrificial offerings to false gods. Think about that. He practiced witchcraft and sorcery. He consulted mediums in seances. He caused Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than all of the pagan nations around about. Manasseh shed much innocent blood. He was an indiscriminate murderer a cold-blooded killer. It's even possible and very likely that he had the prophet Isaiah, the same one that came to his father and said, set your house in order, uh, you're going to die, and then came back sometime just, just some minutes later and said, God's going to give you 15 more years. This King Manasseh had Isaiah put inside a hollow log and sawn in half. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke, and he did it. The implication here is on purpose. He tried to provoke God to anger. And in the midst of all of that, remember, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good, and God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. How could God be good to such a person like this? Because God's good all the time. That is his nature. And the Bible says that the Lord spoke to Manasseh, but he would not listen. He spoke to him to try to get him to repent, but he would not listen. And so the Bible says that in the process of time, God brought the Assyrian army upon Manasseh and took him captive and had a What's called a nose hook had a big ring put through his nose and had him bound with chains and had a chain through that ring. And they with that by the by that ring in his nose with a chain through that ring, the Assyrian uh, uh, army led Manasseh off to the Babylonian prison. Now, it would have been better for Manasseh to listen to God. Is that right? But he didn't listen. 
So God had to judge him. But you know something I've learned? The Bible says in Romans 11.22, it says, Consider the goodness and the severity of God. Now, we've established to you that God is a good God. And he's good all the time. But there's also a judgmental side to God. You don't ever want to forget that. But I've come to see this and I've learned this over the years. That even in God's severity, you'll see his goodness. Because you see, when God judges somebody, God doesn't want to have to judge anybody. The Bible said that he'd rather have us judge ourselves because if we judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. It does not make God's day when he has to judge somebody. But even when he does judge somebody, you can see his goodness in it because when God judges somebody, the intent thereof is to get that person to repent, you see. Now, if we won't listen to God... When he speaks to our hearts and deals with our hearts and and he'll deal with our hearts and he'll speak to us for years and years and years. But if we won't listen, then we leave him no other choice but to at some point judge us. And that's what he did with Manasseh. He spoke to him. He gave him fair warning. He gave him ample opportunity to repent of his evil, evil deeds. But he wouldn't do it. So God then had to see there's the goodness of God, but then there's also the severity of God. So God had to judge him. But even in that judgment, we see the goodness of God because he was trying to get Manasseh to repent. And so we see Manasseh is in the Babylonian prison, bound with chains and in a bad way. Think of it. The king is now in prison, chained up experiencing the judgment of God. How many of you know, switching stories here, that it was never the will of God for Jonah to be in the belly of the fish at the bottom of the sea? Is that right? But Jonah disobeyed God. Is that right? So God had to prepare a fish for Jonah. And, and they threw Jonah over the side of the boat, and, uh, and, and the fish got him, and down he went to the bottom of the sea. But you know what? At the bottom of the sea, the Bible said, and, and, and he didn't repent right away. It took Jonah three days, the Bible said. After three days, he repented. Now, I think that if I was in the belly of a fish, I think I'd start repenting before I ever got to the belly. I think I'd start repenting at the entry of the mouth, you know. But Jonah was stubborn. But you know, even when people are stubborn, God's good to them. Did you know that? And Jonah at the bottom of the sea, after three days in the belly of the fish, he finally decides to repent and cries out to God. And how many of you know God forgave him? And the fish spit him back out. And the plan of God didn't change and he, went, he, he obeyed him then. So we have Manasseh sitting in the Babylonian prison. Now, this guy did far more evil than than Jonah. Jonah disobeyed God. This guy not only disobeyed God, but this guy did horrible, terrible, horrible things. And now he's sitting in the Babylonian prison. The Bible said when Manasseh was in much affliction, he went to his knees before God in prayer. He went to his knees before God in prayer and in total repentance, and he humbled himself greatly before God. Praise God. 
And you know what he found in that, in that moment that he did that? That in total repentance, he humbled himself before God and kneeled before God and cried out to God. You know what he found? He found that God is good to all. He found that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. He found that God is quick and ready and eager to forgive abundant mercy. Glory to God. And the Bible said that God received his prayer and brought him back to Jerusalem and restored him into his kingdom. Now, if that's not the work of a good God, then I don't know what is. Realize, say, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. He's good all the time. He's even good to wicked people. Now, one of the greatest effects of the goodness of God is this. Romans 2, 4. And I want to talk to you about this from a different angle than what I've ever seen it before in all of my life. Romans 2, 4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to what? The goodness of God leads us to repentance. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. Now, I've seen this verse in a new light than what I've ever seen it in before. I've always applied this verse to the sinner. And certainly it is true. Because you see, when a sinner sees the goodness of God, that goodness of God will lead them to repent. And of course, we just noted the scripture, the goodness and the severity of God. And I've learned this over the years that you'll, you really will. You'll get more people saved by presenting them with the goodness of God than with the severity of God. You really will. It goes back to that very simple principle, you'll catch more flies with honey than you will with vinegar. Is that right? And so the goodness of God should be presented to the sinner. Because you get more people saved by preaching the goodness of God than the severity or the judgment of God. Now the Bible says in another place in the New Testament that there are some people that will not respond to God's goodness. So then you have to hold judgment up in front of them and, and hold hell up in front of them. And, 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 and you have to do that for some people. But even in so doing, when you're holding hell up in front of somebody and the judgment of God up, in somebody, you, uh, up before somebody, you can still see the goodness of God there, can't you? Because God wants them to repent. He doesn't want them to go to hell. Some people, you have to hold hell up in front of them. But most people, sinners now, you hold, hold the goodness of God up in front of them. And I, so I've always applied that verse as it pertains to winning the lost to Christ. But where I've seen this verse in a new light really has to do with my own life. Because this verse applies to Christians as much as it does, I believe, to sinners. On November the 10th, 11th, and 12th, this month, the 10th, 11th, and the 12th of this month, with the 
home going of my mother from earth to heaven. In that time, in those three days, I saw and I experienced the goodness of God in a way that I have not seen or experienced his goodness in all of my life. I I watched the Holy Spirit. I watched him be so good to my mom. And, and I watched him, and I won't get into all the details of it, but I watched him move in a way for her as he interceded through me. I, I, I've never experienced, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. And, 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 and everything that happened in that three days, I saw the goodness of God in a way that I've never seen or experienced his goodness before. I watched him be good to her. And I watched him be good to me. And it's changed me. It's changed me for the better. I've seen the goodness of God, as I said, in a way I haven't seen it. And it's led me to repent in some areas of my life where I needed to repent. Yeah, but I thought that verse was just for sinners. No, it's for Christians, too. And friends, when you see the goodness of God the way I saw the goodness of God, the 10th, 11th, and 12th of this month, it'll change you. It'll change you. It'll soften your heart. Because you see, over the many years... Just with the affairs of life, as you deal in the affairs of life and everyday living and, and you deal with people and you deal with this situation and you deal with that situation and, and then you deal with this disappointment and you deal with that disappointment and, and then you have your intermixed victories in, in, in there as well. But you have this disappointment and this, you know, this happened and I don't understand why that happened and, and then this didn't go quite right and, then, and that didn't go quite right. You know, it's real easy to let your heart just Little by little become calloused and hardened. and Oh, you keep serving God, all right. You keep loving God. You, 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 you keep walking with God, which I did. But you ask yourself questions and you, you question God on some things. and Not in an ugly, mean way, but, but you question God. And, 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 and little by little, little parts of your heart become a little hardened here and a little hardened there and, and a little hardened here and a little hardened there. And then the next thing you know, you become more hardened toward people and, 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 and hardened toward God, hardened toward people. Did you hear what I just said? Even to the point that you even question the goodness of God to some degree. But remember what we read a moment ago. Even when we're not true to him, he's true to us. Even when we haven't done everything we should right before him, he always acts right toward us. We get in a situation where the goodness of God just kind of catches you by surprise. You see how good he is. And how faithful he is and how true he is. He's abundant in mercy. He's abundant in kindness. 
He's just good. And when you think he's going to slap you one, he's, he's just good. It's like when the prodigal son got away from his father and then he repented and he came back. Remember when he was a far away off, his dad was looking for him and threw a party when he showed back up. See, that's the goodness of God. I watched God be good. I watched him be so good. I've never seen him like that before. He was so good. And it's brought me to a point of repentance. The goodness of God leads you to repentance. And attitudes that I've had. We've changed. Isn't it good we can change? Things in my heart that you didn't even know was there. You see how good God is. And it's caused me to change and repent in some areas. In the last several, last couple of weeks, there's times I cry and people think I'm crying because I miss my mom and and I do, and there's times I'm crying over that, but there's lots of times I'm crying. You know why I'm crying? Because God's good. And when you see His goodness, it'll touch your heart. It'll make you weep. Because He's so good. And it's caused me to repent of some things that I needed to repent of. Attitudes and callous places of my heart that needed to be changed. You'll see it'll even affect my preaching as we move forward. Because see, when your heart gets hardened in some areas, it's real easy to let that come through. Not, I mean, from the pulpit, you know. And you're no different. You may not stand behind a pulpit, but you get hardened areas of your life, and hard areas, hardened areas in your heart. You know, I'm not talking about the blood pump now. I'm talking about in your spirit, in your heart, you know. You'll respond to people the way you shouldn't respond sometimes. You'll be quick and sharp and bitey and a little more calloused. Do you hear what I'm saying? So it affects you as well as me. You say, are you going to not preach the word anymore? I've always preached the word. But what I'm saying is, is that when you see the goodness of God, It affects you. It changes you. It's caused me to repent of some things. It caused you to be more compassionate. Don't misunderstand me. Sin is still sin. And we still preach against sin. I don't, I'm, not cha- I'm not saying we don't do that. I'm just saying that I think you'll see a greater compassion than what you've seen here up till now. Because God's changed my heart. I'm so glad he's good. I'm so glad he's good. I'm just so glad he's good. And it's the goodness of God that has caused me to repent of some things. I'll say it again, some areas of hardness.
And so I've held the goodness of God up before you today. And I hope that you've been able to see that God is good. And He's good all the time. All the time. God is good. And even in His severity, in His judgment, you can see if you look if you look hard enough, you'll be able to see His goodness. Even in the midst of His judgment. But I would that everybody would be able to see the goodness of God the way that I saw it. On the 10th, 11th and 12th of this month. He's so good. I said he's so good. He's so, so, so good. He's good to all. He's good to everybody. He's good to the saint and he's good to the sinner. 